Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast with Brandy Montambo and Jason Wright. What is happening, party people? Jason and Brandy back for another episode of the podcast. Say hi, Brandy. Hi, Brandy. <laughs> I wondered. I was like, I wonder if she's going to actually say that, but you did. <laughs> so uh, we are here with episode number 163. This sounds like a lot, but um, yeah. So what's new with you? What's new and exciting? I feel like I haven't talked to you in such a long time. I know, right? We we are currently at the waiting game at our house. My daughter has applied. She's a sophomore this year. She's applied to go to the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics, which is a public boarding school for geeky smart kids, which I could have never gotten into, but apparently she has a chance. So um, we we find out April the 1st. So we are, we went to visit day and, um, I was so excited. She was not. Uh, their mascot, I will let you guess what their mascot is. Do you have, take a guess what a bunch of geeky science kid would pick as their mascot. Like a magnifying glass or something? A unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So uh, the the dean of the school was, was giving, because it's a, a boarding school, right? So they're living there away from their parents. and. Um, you know, he, he was explaining, yes, it's a lot like college. These are smart kids. We trust them. It's a lot like college, um, but we're co- college with guardrails. And so we like to go bowling in our family. So. I was going to say, is that like bowling with bumpers? <laughs> you know, they're unicorns with bumpers. That's exactly what I said. I was so, I was loving life. My daughter was not. She did not think that was funny. I think unicorns with bumpers was pretty funny. So I'm an eight-year-old daughter, and she's means the world to me. And my first thought was, is this place co-ed or is it just girls? It is co-ed, yes. <sighs> Man. It's co-ed, and my son is going to Kent State in the fall because he's senior. So I could be a empty nester years before it was meant to be. So it's a little overwhelming. Part of me would be really excited for her. The other part's like, oh, we're not ready for this yet. Wow. Yeah, this is just a random thing. Last night I was here in my office working. My wife starts yelling my name and you kind of go numb to that after a while. It's like, give me more. I'm always like, give me more information. And she won't ever tell me. So I'm like, I don't know if it's an emergency. It's probably nothing. But then my son starts screaming. I'm like, what's going on? So I go down there and she's like, I can't find Jersey. I can't find our daughter. Like, what do you mean? She's playing basketball. She's like, she's not outside. And she's like, the girl she's with, her mom keeps calling and they can't find her either. And I'm like, that's not good. So I look up and down the street and my daughter never leaves, like, especially if she's out there alone, she never leaves like the property. Cause I've told her like, you're just going to get kidnapped and end up in Mexico. Like I shoot it straight. You know, some people are like, oh, you need to shelter your kids. Why? So they can be naive. So I'm looking around. Not so I just, in that world. They need to know that what can really happen in that world. Yep. So I, I scream her name and I hear her respond, but she's so far away. I'm like where is she? And I can hear her getting closer and I look and she's like so far down the road. She's like in the woods or something. And she comes what? back and I'm like, what are you doing? She said, Oh, we went for a walk. I was like, who told you you could? 
Oh, mom does. Okay, cool. Let's go ask mom. Mom's like, we didn't even talk. What do you, you know, what are you talking about? And then I, I said, man, uh, later on that night, I said, man, someday she's gonna have a car and be able to make decisions and stuff that we won't even know about. It's, it's scary. You know, it's, uh, it's scary as a parent in general of a kid, but the daddy daughter dynamics, it's a weird one, but it's uh, it's, it's super scary. So the good thing though, is by the time they get old enough to have a car, you pretty know what choices they're going to make. Yeah. Now it may be that they make bad choices and that is scary, but for the most part, I don't worry about mine too much because I know what kind of choices they would typically make. Now my son has made some dumb choices. I mean, you don't get to be a senior in high school without making some dumb ones, but, <laughs> but at least he's made them now and he knows what the consequences are. So when he's off on his own five States away, like yeah. <laughs> he will not make as many dumb ones. Yeah, absolutely. So what are we going to talk about today? I, I don't know. Almighty oh, one lead us. I had this idea. Let's talk about the man. It sounded so much cooler when I told you the topic earlier. Sometimes we'll mention topics, but nothing's ever rehearsed. Um, the go for it. I can't think of the name. So I'm gonna before I'm just gonna describe it because I literally can't think of the name. But why is it that some companies? You can look at any industry. Why is it that some companies stand out and seem to do much better than their competition? And a lot of times. You look at apples to apples, everything looks the same. Okay, they've got ads here, they've got ads are doing this, they're doing this. Why is it that some companies have more of a, an attraction from the customer, customer standpoint? What are those unwritten rules of attraction that you think, and I'll tell you what I think, that help companies really soar and get traction? Well, I have an opinion on this um, because it's – in case you haven't heard any updates yet, I am. My company was restructured, um, and I did not make the restructuring. Uh, They're lost. But it was one of the, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but that's one of the core things that we taught. We we one of our principal. Uh, oh Lord, was my brain stopped? Um, I'm so sorry. Like I had a thought and it totally went wrong. But one of the main things that we did was talk about um, the customer experience, how to build raving fans, what makes a raving fan? How do you know what your company should do in order to make raving fans and raving fans in our terminology do a couple of things. They, they pay full price. So like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is not cheap. It's still my favorite fast food. Um, they come more often. So not only do they, they are they willing to pay what you want them to pay, but they're willing to do it over and over and over again. And they tell others about you. So um, they are so pleased every time that they, they can't help but talk about you. And yes, there is a system to do that. And yeah, that's, that's powerful. Well, you just said slap me right in the face because that's uh... – that's helping me connect some dots in my mind. That's huge. I actually once heard that if you had a list or an audience of a thousand raving fans, that's all you would ever need. Meaning you could build a, a multi-million dollar company. Obviously, you can't sell your top product for 25 cents unless it's highly consumable. But uh, a thousand highly engaged people literally can build a foundation of a, a massive company on. That's, that's right, interesting. Because what you said. A thousand highly engaged people are friends with hundreds of other people that they're going to share it with who will become highly engaged. Is it six or seven degrees of separation? I can never remember. 
from Kevin Bacon? <laughs> no, like, you know how, you know, <laughs> if you look at LinkedIn or Facebook, you'll see, oh, Brandy's connected. How does Brandy know my cousin? You know, you always see mm-hmm. how it's only like six layers out and then everybody's connected somehow. That's what I'm talking about. There is some study on that, but I don't remember what it I is. I can't remember if it's six or seven, but it's If really you're listening and you remember what it is, you can send us the information at inspire at grayfoxbusiness.com. Did I get that right? You did, and gray is G-R-E-Y. And people always ask, <laughs> what is, what's the gray fox? What's that all about? The name of my street is Gray Fox Drive. That's where it came from. Right. <laughs> so, but no. It, so, interestingly enough, I've only ever lived on streets that have three names. Poplar Pike Extended, Duncan Williams Road, uh, Sutton View Drive, Meandering Way Lane. Like my whole entire existence. Three street, three word street name. It's very annoying. They're not short either. <laughs> no, they're not. Like Gray Fox Drive. Like you can write that in two sentences, two seconds. Yep. Anyway, Absolutely. sorry, random. No, it's all right. No, but it, what's really interesting about this is um, I, I used to work at Angie's List, so I worked with a lot of home service companies. But you, you can look at, take two heating and AC companies. There's a million of them out there. There's some that do really well and some that don't. But you know, if they're, if they're all advertising in the same place, and their prices are about the same, and the services are the same, what, what's the difference? Why does one do seven figures a year and the other guy struggling to do 90 grand? I mean, it's, it's interesting because that little stuff is the difference between an average experience and a, a, a ceil- a, you know, one with no ceiling. So help me break that down. What is that, where does that come from? What's the difference there? Well, I think it's funny because I thought this was going to be your show, but here I am taking over. Um, so that it boils down into um, five different things for bigger companies. And the, the fifth one is kind of, it applies in all ways, but it depends on how many employees you have. So number one is customer insights. How are you listening to your customer? How often do you talk to them? What are they saying? And it's not, it's the milkshake thing that we, we talked about a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. Well, episode was at 57, I think. Um, you know, why, why are they actually paying for what they're paying for or what do they want that they really want? They don't know that they want it because it lasts. The, they don't know that they want the milkshake thicker because it lasts their whole drive. They just know they wanted a milkshake. So what are, what do they really want? So you get customer insight. Um, the, the one that I said was kind of depends a little bit on how big your company is, is a leadership team. If you're a terrible leader, you're the engagement of your cut of your employees will drastically impact the engagement of your customers. Because if your employees aren't happy, they're not going to be happy to your customers and your customers are not going to want to come back. So if it's just you, like if you're a one-man show, leading yourself does matter because I think Jason said it a minute ago, I don't remember if we were on air or not, but he was talking about how he's just overwhelmed with, you know, 50 clients needing 50 different things. But to him, the most important was doing it correctly, making sure that it's right. Um, Where other people just, throw something out there because it was more important to them to meet the deadline. And, um, and either one is, those is okay as long as it's a communication between you and your, and your customer. So there's customer insight, there's your leadership. If you're, you know, if you have a staff of two to 50 or 250 or 250,000. And then, so the core of it is three basic systems, uh, operational excellence, 
If you don't do it correctly, nobody's going to want it. There are 8,000 measures on the chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. It is correct every time. If you get one that isn't correct, somebody's getting in trouble for it because they do it correctly or they don't do it at all. Um, so operational excellence, personalized service. Um, how do I, so operational excellence is about trust. You trust, I trust that every time it's going to be right. Personalized service is about uh, being valued. Your customer feels valued. So if you're not going to meet the deadline, hey, I know that this is our deadline, but I need, I want this to be perfect for you. I need one more day to get this perfect for you. So you're making them feel valued. You can do it by different ways of, of personalizing their name. Like you do it when you send MailChimp emails because you write their name in it. You know, they fill out the little, it's part of your list, right? It's the first name, last name, email list that you got from your ClickFunnel. Um, and you personalize that by sticking their name in your MailChimp email. Um, little things like that. Then memorable moments. So how is it that, that you celebrate with them? So the goal of that is actually from the story brand. Um, you want them to feel like the hero. You are Yoda. Your customer is Luke Skywalker. So what does Yoda do to make Luke Skywalker feel like he's the hero? So those are your memorable moments. We did a, we did a, a home construction company and they said, oh, we could like roll out a red carpet for them to walk into their new house. I was like, you sure can. Don't you feel like a hero when you walk into the, your house and you're walking down the red carpet? So um, there is a system for it, but all of those are important. But number one, if I had to give you one, that was a really long way to say, if I had to give you one answer, it's operational excellence. Because if you do crappy work, nobody gonna like you. Well, and the takeaway that I'm hearing as I translate it into my own mind, people. So if you don't have the skills, you need to hire somebody to do this, but you have to invest in your clients and the people working for you in the same manner. It's got to be your obsession. Because if that relationship's not right, and you don't deliver more than you're paid to do, and you don't make it personal, and you don't say, hey, this is going to be late, but here's why. I think in the end, if it were me, I would want it late because at least this can be corrected, working properly. Here's some other things I never thought about and think about now. If you make that effort, and you actually make the effort to get reviews, like it doesn't matter what site you get reviews on, but if reviews become an obsession, like, hey, if I've done five-star work for you, can I have a review? And if I haven't, tell That's me cool. what I need to do to earn that. And if yep. you make that one of the biggest focuses, people will come to you because yep. people, you know, we live in a review society. It's something I think a lot of people are like, oh, we send out stuff. But man, if you make it someone's job to get reviews and if you're not worthy and you make it somebody's job to make the customers feel like family and friends and the same thing with your staff, you're literally untouchable. I mean, it's Absolutely. literally the common denominator is other people, you know, Absolutely. and everything you said kind of pivots around that. So Anybody listening, if you're trying to figure out why is your biggest competitor kicking your butt, I'd start looking at the people. And here's the hard truth. A lot of people out there think they're good people, people, but they're horrible. <laughs> Seriously. If you've ever True. been told you're unlikable or you have a lot of conflicts with people or you talk at people or you talk down to people, guess what? You suck as a people person. All right. <laughs> you might be good at organizing stuff or strategy, but that's not your thing. Yep. You know, for me, one of my biggest strengths is people. Like that's my number one thing. Reading people, connecting with people is my number one skill in life. 
So for me, it comes easy, but I understand that it's not that way for everybody. So instead of you trying to become that person, make that the first person you bring close to you in your business, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a partner or whether it's whatever, but that's, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. I mean, you can replicate all you want to with competitors. There's technology out there. You can see where all their traffic's coming from. You can see all their ads, see everything they're doing. But that wild card is how do you make people feel? What's yeah, that relationship look like? Two side-by-side -side amazing pieces of chocolate cake. And I told you that, you know, I don't a middle-aged woman anymore. like my, Oh, I forgot. <laughs> well, a month ago, if I put two amazing pieces of chocolate cake in front of you and I told you that, you know, just some middle-aged woman like me made one and this cute little 13-year-old girl made the other one, which one would you think tastes better? Probably the, the older woman. Little kids don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Most people would be happy to eat the chocolate cake, even from the little girl, even if it didn't taste as good. Why? Because we get so excited that she made it and she put effort into it and she works so hard because we want to encourage people and we want people to feel valued. And if you're not valuing your customers or your employees, you're not doing it right. Got a story for you. Oh Lord. So we have uh, our neighborhood's got two garage sales a year and you can't have them any other time, which sounds weird, but it's actually pretty cool. Spring garage sales, a big deal around here. But, um, last spring, um, maybe even two years ago, we went to a, a garage sale. It was kind of the end of the day, which is like about noon. It's usually about eight to noon. So there wasn't much out and there was a, uh, a kid selling cookies and lemonade that he had made. Oh, great. This would be awesome. And me and each of my kids got some stuff. And it was the worst damn lemonade and the worst cookies I've ever had in my life. I'm like, did you put rat poison in these cookies? What is going on? My kids thought it was horrible. And I think the dad could see it in our face. He's like, do you want your money back? I was like, absolutely not. But uh, I didn't think it was very cute. It was uh, offensive to me, actually. <laughs> but yet you still bought it, knowing that a little kid made it and it could be terrible. You bought it anyway. I don't know why, and but in my mind, I was like, this is going to be amazing. You know, elves are small. This kid's small. Surely he knows what he's doing. <laughs> By the way, you look like you're about 25. You always call yourself an old lady, but it doesn't look like it. 25-year-olds uh, don't have high school seniors as children. <laughs> okay, indeed. Correct. <laughs> but I will take that compliment. Yeah, take them. Yeah, take what you can get, you know. I do got to take it. So, um, what's I going to say? I was going to say something. It's so really important to you in your lemonade story. It'll come back to you. It'll, as soon as it comes back to you, just cut me off. But it's funny because I'll talk to people sometimes. They'll be like, I've got whatever money I need to invest in this and this and this. And I spend an hour working with them and talking to them. And I'm thinking, this is not the problem. The problem's you. Like, you're just mm -hmm. abrasive. You know what I mean? Who else is helping you? Uh, nobody. Oh, God, that's your problem. I can't help you with that. <laughs> I'm not in recruiting anymore. But I mean, a lot of people, somebody listening is going, wait a minute, this might be my problem. You know, it's one thing having no money to do marketing, but you don't need it. I mean, when you're getting started, if you can build relationships and consistently do more than you're paid to do, you can get reviews, you can build upon that, you can get referral business, you start to build a few raving fans, it can run away in a good way for you. So. Provide value. If you're nope. not providing value, it's not going to spread. If you're providing, if you're providing excellent value, it will spread. You know, it's funny. Was I was in a corporate and I was in HR for seven years. I can't tell you the amount of bosses in different industry I worked for that couldn't understand operationally why they weren't getting the results that they want. And I'd say, I got an idea. 
you pay less than everybody else. You're literally getting the bottom of the barrel for whatever the skill is we're looking for. So you can keep doing what you're doing, but you're going to keep getting the same results. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's all about the people. You wonder why the stuff, you know, higher up is always messed up because you have the worst possible people in positions of leadership. Just because Johnny's good at sales it has no bearing on Johnny's ability to manage other salespeople. That's like the biggest mistake I've ever seen in corporate America. Oh, he was it's great true. to promote him. Those skills it's are completely true. different. You're promoting the wrong people, dummy. Very true. So, Very true. <laughs> so some of the intangibles of um, you know, what draws people to a company. Uh, what else? Do you think even simple stuff like subconsciously, like people like the – the logos and the colors and the messaging. I mean, do you think all that plays into it pretty significantly or what are your thoughts? Oh, there's all kinds of science around all that. I mean, you know that if you, if you want someone to click to click a button on their website, I think the colors are like orange and teal that you're supposed to use or something like that. There's so much science around all of that. Um, but I, I guess I don't stray too far away from the value. Like, mm-hmm. what are you providing? Mm-hmm. If, if Chick-fil-A's food wasn't good, it doesn't matter if it, they cooked it correctly every time and it still tasted bad, nobody would eat there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the old me would have said, man, that sounds good right now, but I'll be honest, I'm just not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, about f- three or four hours till dinner. We're having smoked ham my uh, in-laws, which um, I like smoking stuff. Got a couple smokers, but I already know the portions give me so little. It'll just be a little sampling, just a little sampling and I'll be satisfied. So if you're, if you missed the last episode, we talked about uh, Jason is doing keto. He and his wife are doing keto together. So. It, it, you know, what's crazy is uh, and I'm just learning about the stuff as I go through. I think keto normally is like a hundred carbs a day or less. If I understand it correctly, ours is 21 a day or less. So instead of carbs as a primary fuel source, it's a fat. So we eat a lot of fats and stuff and it's ketones, which your liver produce. And it's like a really uh, uh, high energy fuel and it's very, very little on carbs. And it's uh, been a really interesting experience. I just kind of did it for support, but it's been a, it's been a great lifestyle change for me. So awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Told so you I went- back. Yeah, he's, he finally came back. So I want to acknowledge uh, that whole raving fans, the engine model uh, belongs to Scott Wozniak from SWAS Leadership. That is his curriculum and his his ideas. So just want to acknowledge that it's it's really good stuff. If you if you don't know him, you should look him up. Yes, I still like him, even though I don't work there anymore. So. Still his loss. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I can say whatever I want. What's anybody get? <laughs> That's what happens when it's your podcast. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. So good stuff. I hope this was helpful for somebody because um, I hear it all the time. You know, I heard this yesterday. This is going to get me another tangent, but I can't resist. I forgot about this. I was talking to a guy and he said, I think Facebook, you ready for this? Okay. Is a scam. Nice. I was like, uh, I wanted to say, by chance, are you wearing an entire outfit of tinfoil? Come on. It's not a scam. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, I'm spending all this money and it's not working. It's hard. There's an idea. It's hard. Let's see. You've tried for six days, sir. Six days? Get out of here. I mean. 
and it doesn't do you any good to spend money if if it's not high quality like i don't know if this was your client or somebody else's client but you know if the if the artwork ain't good ain't nobody gonna click on it yeah absolutely so all that stuff you know it requires time and testing but the the, i honestly believe the free simple stuff is the most important that raving fan i just want everybody listening become obsessed with that idea because that is, think about anybody who's like really successful or any company that's really successful, they have those. Yeah. There's companies out there, like I'm looking down at my computer when I see Slack's icon, it makes me happy. So <laughs> I love Slack. I absolutely, I love everything about it. Like the colors, the fonts, the sounds it makes. And I don't know what that is, but there's certain brands and we all have them. It doesn't have to be food. It can be all kinds of stuff. There's certain brands who just like the way they roll figure out a way to authentically like make people like the way you roll and you'll have a better outcome. Boom. Boom. There you go. (laughs) Awesome. Get your customer insights, figure it out. You know, something else you said earlier, I may have already addressed this or I may not have, but so many people, even small one or one man or one woman shops don't do this, but they don't talk to their customers. Very, very transactional. Oh, you need me to uh, fix that pipe. You need me to build that website. Okay. What are you looking for? I'll send you a proposal. You pay me. I'll send you a note when I'm done. And it's it's very transactional. What a missed opportunity. Yep. What if that guy or gal owns 10 other companies and have friends? If people are really successful, you don't know it. They've got friends that are really successful too. I can't <laughs> tell you the amount of opportunity that's come from one person. You'll trace something back and go, man, all of this happened because of this one person that I yep. took care of. And they started with me early and their rate has always been cheap and I'm not going to raise it on them. But because we've maintained that it's blown into this thing, you know, people are so focused on the here and now, but if they change that focus a little bit, I'm telling you it's gold at the other end of that rainbow. So I've got for today. I'm I'm empty. That's it. That was good. Yeah. Listen to your customers. I left it on the court. Woo. Uh, if you guys want to check out this podcast episode, as always, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash podcast. And I believe this is episode 163? Three. 163. Love for you to subscribe there to the audio version. If you uh, look at the video, it'll be there each week or on YouTube. So I don't have a video. I guess you could subscribe to my. Yeah, subscribe channel. to our channel. Yeah, Inspire TV is what it's well, called. It's technically, okay. it's you Jason's channel. It's, it's I just, yours. I just claim it once in a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah, awesome. Appreciate you guys as always. Um, love to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram or wherever you want to. We're all over the place. And uh, appreciate your ear. That's all I've got for you, Brandy. Oh, that was great. Thanks, guys. Yep. See you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, check out intentionallyinspirational.com. Until next time.